so you select the Navy and uh, obviously go to, to Great Lakes, as lovingly referred to as Great Mistakes. Uh, was it summer or winter time when you went? Here's how dumb I am. I joined, uh, let's see, I, I signed the papers in October mm-hmm. and then I left in January. Ooh, so, I remember, boy. yeah, left in January. Thank you. Uh, this is actually the, the timestamp I have for it. Um, I'm from Jersey. I live like maybe 10 minutes from 10, 15 minutes from Giants Stadium. Okay. And I'm a huge Giants fan. And uh, Eli and the boys were going up against, uh, they just beaten Dallas. And I was very excited about it in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And then um, a big deal. it was going to be, oh, it was huge. And then uh, we actually were going to play Favre and the Packers in Green Bay. And I missed the game because I reported early to boot camp. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh... So then literally uh, maybe a week later, I I, I think it was a week after I showed up there. That's when all the other guys showed up and they're like, Oh my God, it was the greatest game ever. I can't believe you missed it. Blah, blah, blah. And then I missed the Super Bowl. Uh, Oh man. That's the worst. Worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they'll record the game and you can relive it in all its glory later on, but I had to buy buy it on DVD. Buy it on DVD. Good grief. (laughs) Well, you had mentioned you've uh, spent some time over in the Middle East. I would like to think that you bought like a bootleg DVD, like off of a carpet in an alleyway <laughs> somewhere. Um, okay, so I you get there in January. Boot camp's about two months. So what? You're you graduated in March, and then uh, was your A school across the street? Well, uh, my A school was across the street, but I think we graduated St. Patrick's Day weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very timely. Yeah. I want to say that's when it was. Um, so that would have been 2008, I think. Okay. Because I, I joined, I technically swore in. It, it was weird. It was it was uh, a strange time where it was between two presidents. So I, I oh, swore right. in under George W. Bush, and then I actually showed up to serve uh, under Obama. Oh, wild. Wild. Yeah, that's... A little, little different chain of a command coming in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and especially in boot camp where you really are drilled on knowing your chain of command, like there's a whole section of that that gets wiped out, you know, January 20th-ish, somewhere in there, right? Do you think um, Do you think you could probably remember the boot camp chain of command if like you were being waterboarded right now? Not a single, couldn't name a single person. <laughs> Rear Admiral Lotring. That's the guy I can always, I'll never forget him. I never met him, but I just remember his name for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the chain of command, I mean, there was really like Navy Educational Training Command. It's like, okay, why are they in the hierarchy? Aren't they just some weird satellite thing that... It's like when you had to pretend your librarian was a teacher too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Why do I have to call her Mrs. Anything? Can't be a first name basis? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, and time that you went in did they still have utilities or were you in blueberries oh utilities blueberries didn't come in until i was i had a break in service actually um it was was weird i had um so i showed up on a national call to service contract and you're like one of the only people i can tell this story to and it makes any sense (laughs) but uh national call to service was post 9 11. it was for people who had already graduated from college and just wanted to serve for a couple years and then get put into the reserves Mm -hmm. and uh Not to try to get political, but it tends to be that um, Republicans bolster the military and Democrats kind of scale it down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so what the democratic idea was at the time for Obama's vision for the military was a, uh, uh, a very deep reserve unit, if you will. Okay. So yeah. they were big on that. So like, oh, because we don't have to pay you as much is pretty much what it was. But <laughs> true. So what they had me do is I did my, uh, I, I showed up, I did, uh, I guess it was just short of two years on the USS Kearney. And then um, they had me re uh, report to the reserve side. And then in the reserve side, the idea being, I'm just going to drill just you know, once a month or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, of course, you know, they, they never planned correctly, as you know, and nope. uh, I wound up getting scooped up into a, a, a unit that got reactivated maybe a year after I reported the reserve unit. So we wound up over in Dubai doing that thing. Oh, wow. wow yeah, it, it was goofy. <laughs> so um, the Carney, that was down in Jacksonville or Mayport? Yeah, that was uh, Mayport. So my okay. entire Navy career was between the two bases in Jacksonville, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So. And I, I have, have a weird love for that city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I did some of my reserve training down in Mayport, you know, once, maybe once a year, go down there with that unit and shoot, whatever else. So I know, uh, I know tiny little Mayport a little bit. Um, we probably shot at the same range then. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, hey, like they say, it's a small Navy, right? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, okay. And then uh, you get sent over to Dubai. How long were you over in Dubai for? Well, it was weird because uh, the time on the Kearney was great, but the Kearney was um, in between deployments when I was there. So oh, I never okay. really, the only places they took me was uh, Little Creek, Virginia. And uh, <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty wild. Um, that was actually one of the great Navy stories ever. Um, I was, oh, yeah. uh, you haven't asked yet, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the more sea stories, the better. Oh, it's always good. Um, but uh, yeah, so I saw Virginia and then they took me to New York City. Nice. Which is hilarious because I remember my chief yelling at me uh, like one of my last days in the Navy. And I was like, uh, he goes, Burke, if you don't uh, change those coveralls because I had dirty engineering coveralls, like disgusting ones. And I was topside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of like you're supposed to. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's the whole point. He was, uh, uh, he was a great guy. I love him very much. He's a master chief now. Um, and I look back on a lot of the things that I argued with him about and I realized what a fool I was, but, uh, on that particular thing, um, he was being an ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> eh, you know, even the best can't bat a thousand. So, you know, exactly. they're out of line. <laughs> well, he, uh, he told me, he goes, Burke, I'm going to throw you overboard. And I, I looked around cause we were like in the Hudson river. Like you can see you know, between Jersey and Manhattan. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, do it chief. I'll swim home. I don't yeah. Give a fuck, you know? yeah. I'm right there. <laughs> but, uh, but that part was cool. So we went to New York and then this is how funny the Navy is. The Navy told me I had to have, uh, um, so I had terminal leave saved up, but mm -hmm. I couldn't go on terminal leave until I want to say it was like September I want to say it was September 9th was when okay. I was able to go on terminal leave, but we pulled into port on September 7th. So they made me, they're like, no, you're not allowed to leave, but you have to go out and hang out in New York city for the 7th and the 8th. So yeah. Makes perfect sense. Oh, it was great. We hung out. We had a good time. Me and my buddies, we, we hit a uh, Yankee stadium. We went out. Nice. And did, uh, uh, it was, it was a good time. We got, they were, I got them super drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what are you supposed to do? What are shipmates for? Come on. 
What uh, what's the best port you ever wound up drinking in, in terms of where the people just loved having you there? Because New York loves seeing you, uh, whereas like Virginia is like, oh, these fuckers again. Yeah, well, I see. I was master at arms, so I was never on a ship. I drove security boats, so wherever I was was kind of, you know, plopped there. So I never really went to any any cool ports. Um, uh, Bahrain. Bahrain was kind of cool. I mean, they I'm sure they liked our money. You know, <laughs> I'm sure you can relate with that, works. with that experience uh, being in Dubai. But actually, uh, when I got off active duty and I went on terminal leave, um, I rerouted my flight. So, of course, you have to fly home to your home of record. But I spent a few extra bucks to uh, stop over in Wisconsin because I had an aunt and uncle there and I had a grandfather and I kind of figured like, if I don't do this now, like I'm never going to see the grandfather again. Like he just was older. Turned out I was right. Anyway. Oh, um, so my, my uncle says, Oh, well, I, I want to take you to church with me. And I'm not re- a real church goer. And I didn't really have anything to wear. I was like, Oh, I could wear my dress whites, you know, like, and, and I wore, I had worn them like on the flight because I thought this maybe I'll get bumped up to first class. It'll be the last time I'll be treated as a human being on an airplane ever again. So certainly being in uh, landlocked Wisconsin and dress whites, yeah, people people wanted to talk to you and were super cool. But that was you know, <laughs> the very twilight of my my Navy time. But uh, as soon as you uh, like, I realized that once you were in a place that had a base, they didn't care anymore exactly. at all. Yeah. Cause I remember showing up in uniform. I showed my military ID to uh, a woman at TSA and she was like, Oh, just an awful, um, <laughs> <laughs> goes without saying <laughs> uh, she was terrible, um, but she just goes, she goes, okay. And I, I sat there, I was like, it was like, I'm very, very late for a flight right now. And I showed her my itinerary and everything like that. And she goes, she goes, okay. Like that. And I was like, all right. So I get, I guess nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing Chicago will literally, um, stop a flight for you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. New York will, you can't, they're going to bump you up to first class. They're going to serve you drinks on the plane. All that. Like it, there's so many cities that are, it, it's the further removed they are from the military, the cooler they wind up being. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y- yeah. Anything that you see constantly, you're going to take for granted, especially people in uniform. It's like, oh, well, you're late for your flight. What else? You got a you know, car loan at fucking 18%, you know, <laughs> or whatever. So, you know. Uh, yeah, they tend to get uh, quite a bit more cynical, but cool. It's a whole whole sub economy based off of us. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Amazing what, uh, yeah, what hangers on you have when you have a consistent paycheck. Um, so drinking in New York City, your your last two days on on active before terminal kicks in. Uh, did they do something crazy like send you back to Jacksonville before you could out process? No, it was pretty cool. It was, um, they let me get, it was actually one of the best days of my life. Um, so the day prior was, um, so my birthday, September 11th. Uh, so I think September 10th, I got out of the Navy. Yeah. Um, wow. The first time. (laughs) And then, uh, so September 9th was, uh, either the 9th or the 10th, uh, me and two of my really good buddies, we went out, uh, into, I took them up to the Bronx and I was like, guys, I I know where to go. Um, you know, I'm kind of pseudo from here. Yeah. So we went up to the Bronx, went to Yankee Tavern, and we're sitting there having a couple of drinks uh, in Yankee Tavern. And then all of a sudden, they keep everybody in the bar just keeps sending drinks down to us oh, to the point where, you know, the bartender was just stacking empty shot glasses in front of us to indicate how many free drinks were bought. 
Holy crap. So my one buddy got toasted. I was, um, I was pretty lit, but I have, I'm not trying to sound cool. I just have a very high tolerance. Well, you um, had a lot of practice. You were in the Navy. It's because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so my two buddies, they got a, a little bit lit up. Then the bartender, uh, who was there, she actually, we can't figure out if she was lying to us or not, but she told us that, uh, she used to work the grounds crew at Yankee stadium. Oh, wow. So, so we then went over there and she goes, Oh, here's how it works. You just go up to them and, uh, go to this particular ticket booth. And that two handles, like they want military people on camera. So they wound up getting us there. It was, uh, I want to say it was Sunday night baseball. Mm-hmm. I think it was against the Red Sox and it was uh Jeter tied the all time Yankees hits, uh, record. Wow. What a game. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun one. Uh, so we, we were pretty tuned up for that. We were maybe 10 rows back from third base. It was awesome. It's the best seats I ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. So, then the very, like, two days later, uh, after I got off the Navy, which, by the way, that side note, that that was a wonderful day. My whole family came out to the ship and everything. They got a full tour. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, everybody, they, they, you know, if they could just tell I was uh, going to be missed on board. I was a personality. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But, <laughs> but then uh two days later i'm there when jeter broke the all-time yankees hits record with my buddy tristan and we're up in like the third deck if you will in the yeah. right field and we stopped at yankee tavern and i remember trying to get uh two shots of jameson and i handed the bartender a 20 mm-hmm. and the bartender looks at me and goes where's the rest of it i was like holy shit how much did it i realized that was probably a two three hundred dollar bar tab we rung up that we didn't pay for shit when we were in uniform wow yeah, but wow. show up in your Jabba Chamberlain jersey, and they're just, uh, they can't wait to make sure you pay every dime of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they'd probably have some sort of, uh, you know, take a certain amount of the bar tab, you know, payment and put it towards, you know, being able to buy service members' drinks. So now you're, you know, <laughs> refinancing that. Oh, awesome. it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this is the first time you got out was when you were in New York, or that was the second time? So that was the first time. So I, I got out then, and then I was gonna. I was supposed to report to a reserve. It was funny too because I had orders to the Bronx at first. And um, oh, that's it's the worst Nosk, I can tell you. <laughs> I'm glad I avoided it then. It was uh, it was funny though because um, I had orders up there, but I was still living in Florida. So I was like, guys, I can't go. I live in Florida, and I remember having to change my uh, uh, what'd you say, home of origin or or uh, home of record or th- for the reserves. They call it a trick change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if I wanted to, I could have gotten a flight home to Jersey, which would have been great. But mm-hmm. um, I didn't need one because the, the ship literally brought me up to Jersey. So <laughs> I changed my home. At the, at the time, I was living with a girl down there, too. So we, okay. uh, I was Jacksonville is going to be my home for a couple of years. I remember okay. going into I went into welding school and then I was showing up like one weekend a month. I think for the first three to four months, I, I wasn't getting paid from the reserves. Ah, I hate it when they do that. <laughs> that sounds familiar to you, Andrea? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, your pay is screwed up. Uh, or, yeah, you got to talk to someone. Or, well, you haven't been gained yet, but you still got to come in. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it got to the point where I was telling them, because uh, uh, when you got out, did you get unemployment like I did? or? No, I, uh, I went right to school, like within a couple of weeks of, uh, of terminal leave ending. I was... I was oh damn! Classroom, right. So, well, I had to wait because they had just put the GI Bill, the post nine eleven GI Bill had just come through. Oh yeah, that's right. 
Okay, yeah, 2008, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, they told me, because I was going to welding school at the time, and they were like, oh, don't worry, your payments are going to come through. You're going to get paid to come here, but um, blah, 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 you know, just got to wait it out or whatever, and you need to pay up front now so that we can pay you back later. Oh, and, my um, God. I remember having like $4 to my name, uh, but... Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's one of the, wild. It, oh, they were brutal, and probably the worst weekend I had was... Uh, I did a full drill weekend. They told me like, Hey, you haven't been getting paid. Uh, you gotta go talk to these people. And then nobody was there cause it was the weekend. And of course. Like, oh, you gotta come. Yeah. You gotta come back on Monday and talk to these people. And I said, well, I'm going to be in school during this time frame." And then also I was against my unemployment. I was, uh, putting my reserve pay in trying to be a good person and doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, I made two hundred fifty bucks this week, and I'm like, oh cool. Uh, and are you going back to? They just don't understand the reserves when yeah. you try to claim. So my like literally the guy who was helping me with it uh, at Florida unemployment would just he goes he goes uh, he was a Filipino guy and he goes he goes if I was you, I would know you you know you don't claim the the weekends you know. Yeah, well, I mean, Filipino and anything Navy go hand in hand, so that guy they knew what he was talking about. <laughs> they are our Illuminati. They really are. Holy Santa Claus shit. <laughs> it's like, what? You made HMC in three and a half years? Like, what? <laughs> the, some of the best food and some of the, the hardest workers I've ever seen in my life. So I'm, I'm just grateful we have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody's got to run the Navy. It's not going to be me. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that was their trade school, pretty much. Yeah. You know? that, that always made me laugh. That that was like, a, that was their thing to go on to do post high school. Yeah. Well, hey, why not? It's, uh, you know, they've got, got people in, uh, in every rate. They know, know stuff, know their jobs inside and out. It's great. It's a good setup. So, a lot of boatswains, mates. Let's be honest. That too. Yeah. Plenty of them. <laughs> So, uh, so welding school, I, well, I guess welding is a pretty natural transition from, from whole technician, but, um, how did you finish the school or that's what you wanted to ultimately end up doing or what, what was going on, especially with the unemployment angle? Yeah. So unemployment eventually started to come through and it was nuts because, uh, again, there was a few times when I had like four to $5 left to my name <laughs> and then, uh, wow. then a back payment would come in for a couple uh, hundred bucks. So that was always kind of cool, but, yeah. um, but yeah, we made it work. Um, girl I was with at the time, she was going through her student teaching thing. Okay. So she wasn't around much. And then it was a weird time frame Cause I was, uh, I was waking up before her, but then I was getting done before her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, like she was pretty much beat from doing the, the student teacher thing. And oh, then, yeah. uh, it was like a weird time. Cause I think I was done by one o'clock every day. That's uh, not too bad. Yeah, so there's this weird thing where it's like, I'm waking up at 6 a.m. every day and going out and welding for, you know, however many hours, you know, in a little booth trying to learn your stuff and figure everything else out yeah. and pass these. But there, there's a weird disconnect where it was because I was home and I'd be watching TV when she got there that it was, she almost dismissed that I was doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Don't, she's not seeing it firsthand, so it must not re, must, must not be happening. So yeah. yeah so I, I had to, we had to have a couple of battles about that one. I was like, okay, so if you want to trade with me one day, uh, I'll go hang out with little kids and teach them how to do math. You know, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kids are hilarious. Be, yeah, 
I'll go be the second teacher in a room for a little bit while you try to do an overhead weld. <laughs> yeah. Overhead's actually what broke me. I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah, I could not do overhead. Uh, overhead pipe welding was uh, a deal breaker for me. I just couldn't, for whatever reason, I had never learned it. It was... What, uh, what about it is, is difficult or what's, what's the breaking point? So when it's, uh, it's overhead, it's about, I guess, following the bead of the weld. Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to stay just ahead of it. Um, but then you're also pouring down like sparks onto your face. Yeah. So your, your, your natural reaction is to sit there and be like, what the hell? And oh, sure. I'd also, I think I was gun shy because I set myself on fire once during school. Oh, yeah, that, that would do it for me. <laughs> Yeah, I had a couple of frays at the bottom of my jeans, and uh, the, the frays actually set on fire. And I think the flames were going up to my ankle. Oh, man. Before I noticed them. I put it out right away. No damage. I singed a little bit of hair, but it was, uh, you know. Oh, that would freak me out. Yeah. Uh, it was everybody in the break room got a good kick out of it when they saw me. And I had all, all of a sudden I had a half a pair of shorts on. <laughs> of course, comedy is what happens to other people. So <laughs> and it's especially OK to laugh if you're still ambulatory after it. So. That's a good quote. Yeah. <laughs> so, OK. Wow. Um, and then how how long have you been going to school or how much school did you have left? Uh, when you realized overhead welds weren't weren't going to be in your toolkit. Well, you needed to be able to do an overhead weld to pass the test to be a graduate from there, but you didn't have to be a graduate from that school to get um, work. So I actually okay. wound up working. Oddly enough, I worked for BAE Systems. Okay, yeah. So, which I, I think you probably know. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. I see them plastered all over the place. I'm thinking of yeah. There was a BAE there at Mayport. You know, that's where like. A lot of gear either, shit comes from. Yeah, they're either the biggest or the second biggest. I think they're the second biggest military defense contractor in the world. Probably, yeah. So. They're freaking <laughs> everywhere. This will sound rude, Andrea. This will sound <laughs> rude. But um, the job that I was working was hilarious. It was the USS McInerney. Okay. Which was the, uh, I think it was the oldest frigate uh, that was in active use because the oldest frigate is the Constitution. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the oldest one uh, prior to that was the the McInerney that was still in active use as part of a fleet. And okay. um, it got uh, decommissioned and sold to Pakistan. Ah, yeah. isn't that nice? Where, so, where they will honor that frigate's initial tradition of not allowing women to serve. <laughs> <laughs> well, their Navy is pretty crazy. I, I learned a little bit about it when I was there because when I was working in the okay. shipyard, uh, that was our job was to um, do uh, a lot of the rework on there for sure. them. So, um, But the funniest thing was watching their crews getting taught by you know former Navy guys coming on board there and teaching first of all the other weird thing we did we took all the toilet paper rolls out and we put in bidets on everything because they yeah i know is that's that was like the biggest culture shock to me living in bahrain it's like where's the toilet paper <laughs> they love uh as soon as the guys that were work like because it, again it's just usual for that but it's uh it's usually blue collar guys or a little um uh rough roughnecks if you will so sure. Um, sure. we were explaining you know, these blue collar guys, you know, whether they were black or white or anything like that, but we were explaining to these dudes that were, you know, used to having dirt under their fingernails. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, by the way, because uh, they were shaking hands with the sailors that they met on board the ship. And uh, yeah. I remember just like explaining, I was like, oh, by the way, yeah, they, they wipe their ass with their hands. Yeah. And, uh, and these guys all of a sudden, 
you've never seen a white redneck dude get more excited to do like a pound instead. <laughs> We're just going to do a pound here, buddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, yeah. Well, and did you also have to remove all the toilets from the ship so it was just like a hole? Or... Uh, I, don't, I don't think we had to do that. I think they had regular toilets, but it was just with uh, like bidet type things on there, or they would have running water behind them that they could wipe their ass with. Fascinating. <laughs> as, as gross as that sounds. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't miss that odd proclivity of that side of the world. So. <laughs> Nor should you. No, no. Um, all right. So you're you're doing all this. Uh, all this crazy stuff down in Jacksonville, and you said you were out for about a year before they uh, scooped you back up and shipped you over to Dubai? Well, cause that's what cracked me up. I was a health technician, like you said, which, the, the yeah, you know the, the term we get called on ships, right? Snipe? Turd chaser. Oh, uh, well, that too. That's more specific, you know. <laughs> I guess, uh... Well, because anytime there was a clog, they would just be like, all right, get the HTs in here. They'll figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and by the way, it was... I have no problem with, for some reason, that form of work does not bug me. So I was never really grossed out by anything. Um, but uh, I remember having to do that and then uh, reporting to my reserve unit. And the reserve unit, again, they weren't paying me for a while. And they said, oh, you're actually supposed to go to this unit. And so I went over to go to that other unit. And they were like, uh, oh, cool, you're going to be working in communications. And I said, well, that's not right. Yeah. And I, and I remember uh, this... Uh, I wound up becoming friends with her afterwards, but she was a yeoman and she was, uh, you know, for those who don't know, administrative uh, office type person. Mm -hmm. And she was all right, but she was such a jerk off when I talked to her on the phone. She goes, uh, we need to understand why you're not showing up for your drill weekends. And I was like, uh, who are you? Why are you? I don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. And uh, she told me, she goes, I yeah, you're supposed to be a part of our communications department. We're going down to Cape Canaveral right now for a field exercise and you're no showing. And I was like, yeah, I don't know who the fuck you are. And <laughs> by the way, uh, if you think I'm going to Cape Canaveral for a field exercise, let me remind you, I clean toilets. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't, I don't do whatever you're asking for. And then sure enough, she was actually right. And I was supposed to be down there, but. Oh, <laughs> Gotta but love the I, disorganization of the Navy, especially reserve side. Well, how, how great is it that uh, I got to show up? I remember, and I, I showed up my first weekend there, and they're like, oh, you have to go to Indoc. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm not going to be here. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm going back to my other unit. And they're like, no, you have to go to Indoc, and then we'll you know we'll sort it out afterwards. I was like, no, I get, why am I going to Indoc? And I remember meeting everyone in Indoc, and they come by, and like, you know, the, the CL will shake your hand. They're like, sir, great to meet you. I, I'm sorry I'm not going to serve under you. I'm, I'm heading back to my other unit. This is like a pay, you know, miscommunication or whatever. Yeah. And then, boom, uh, there I was for the next year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I Well, and that sounds just like the reserves. I, I mean, I was master at arms, but I mainly drove small security boats while I was on active duty. And then when I was reserved, it's like, at least I did security stuff. So it wasn't completely foreign. It was still that right. general thing. Uh, my last two years of uh, service, they sent me to the Bronx. And they're like, okay, you're in a logistics unit. And it's like... I have no idea what's going on. Like, well, we spent tons of money training you. I'm like, yeah, not on logistics. No idea what's happening right now. <laughs> Go make sure everyone has a cot to sleep on. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It sounds like a personal issue to me. Like, <laughs> big borrow and steal people. Wow. LS has had it made on the ship. They, they, I was in when they just went from, uh, 
LS was a new term. They were uh, storekeepers when I was first uh, in the Navy. And then I was out for the six months. And when I came back in, they were LSs. But, uh, <laughs> but that was a great gig. A couple of my friends, like my really good friends, um, one of them, uh, hilarious guy. I'll even give him a shout out. Shane Graff. <laughs> uh, hilarious human being. Great guy to hang with. He was a, a storekeeper. And he pretty much admitted, he goes, dude, I work my ass off for the first two hours of every day. Yeah. And he goes, and after that, I play Madden. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, but he was, uh, he was an animal. He could get you anything you needed. He was a good guy to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once you, it's kind of like any job, you know, you work hard until you learn how to work smarter and, you know. This is the hard. dumbest question. I, I, and I can only ask you this because you also served, but I always try to explain it to people. I was like, there's, I'm not saying it's directly correlated but there is something about when you watch the show Oz. Okay. And you're like, oh, I kind of get how this works. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I watched Oz before the military and I watched Oz after the military. And I was like, oh, wow, there's really a lot of similarities between prison and the military that I'm not comfortable admitting. Uh, there's, a, there's a great meme of, uh, you know, when quarantine hit, I... I have roommates, whatever else. I'm the only veteran, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I mean, this sucks, but I've got shit to do all day. I mean, this is this is no big deal being confined to one area, you know, whether you're on a ship or you're on restriction or, you know, right. you're just in the military. It's like I'm used to being in an enclosed space and not doing shit all day. Everyone else is melting down and losing their minds. And it's like, yeah, veterans and prisoners, we did fine with that. It wasn't... <laughs> wasn't pleasant, but it wasn't the end of the world. A lot of hikes with my dog. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can get out, it's like, oh, that's like a cheat code. This isn't even a problem. That I would always say this. If quarantine had happened to me in Florida, um, I would have been, I would have said, it would have just been a party the whole time. Because oh, yeah. the, the way that we used to rate hurricanes was whatever category hurricane was coming through, that's how many cases of beer you had to have in the house. Smart. That's yeah. probably why they developed that rating system. <laughs> think about it yeah. oh it was so easy it was fun too you know yeah yeah it's make a game out of it you know but quarantine hit up here and it was friggin march and uh Oof. you know you had to sit there and be like oh it's miserable outside no one wants to be outside for long and then like the first couple of nice days I'll, I'll say that much i think no one ever appreciated a nice spring day more than uh any of the states above the mason dixon line the True. first yeah during that first quarantine if you will yeah, yeah. Well, that that first weekend going into it, I remember was actually pretty nice. Um, and then, yeah, then it was just shit after that. <laughs> but well, they had Murphy on uh, Governor Murphy, New Jersey's governor, uh, who looks like Krang from Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I I want to not hate people, I really do. But then I just sit there and I hear the shit that comes out of his mouth, and I was like, oh my god, we have to. We have yeah. to suffer more. You literally just said that. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, he was uh, he was telling people he goes, and if you have a, a house down the shore, don't go down the shore, you know, because the, the the shore hospitals are not ready for you. And we're like, oh, is everyone going to wind up in the hospital? Is that what's going to happen, or could you have spread people out more? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If but half of North Jersey wound up down the shore and they just weren't keeping in touch with each other, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good grief. Yeah, uh, quarantine. Glad uh, that stuff is more or less over, I guess. <laughs> so uh, how I don't long? Know. It's, it's almost midterms. 
Yeah, yeah, it could it'll probably come back next year and midterms to <laughs> be over and then it'd be getting cold and time for everyone to get sick again. Yay. That's right. It comes back the second that the Republicans name a candidate for the next presidential election. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm not a political guy, but it is pretty fun to watch their playbooks in in work and uh yeah. uh circumvent one another. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of just what is that called where uh you're just laughing at the world burning is your honkler. You're just like, "Oh, oh I like look that. At that shit." <laughs> you know. If that's a word, else. I want to start using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a word. I'm sure it's racist or something too, but yeah. <laughs> definitely classify myself as a honkler as well um so okay cool so uh so you get get scooped up you go over to dubai or are you on a on a ship there or what's what they have you doing so the uh it's a great question because i i was asking all the same questions when i was trying to figure (laughs) out what the hell we were doing so um when they realized i was an ht they sent me over to the maintenance and repair side of the house okay which was great. I worked with all CBs. We were great. We, we had a great nice. time. You know what I mean? It, it was a uh, electrician's mates who I'd worked with on the ship and CBs. And it, it, there's a couple of ratings from the engineering side that can work in the CB unit. So we all made it work. I learned a lot of stuff. I was running a couple of things for them that they loved me because I was easy to talk to and I could learn pretty much anything. Oh, that's uh, great. Oh, they, they loved me. I was doing maintenance on vehicles within a couple of weeks. Then I was running the 3M thing for a minute. I was doing, uh, um, what they had me doing? They had me doing, uh, I was running the vehicles in and out, if you will. What the hell's the name for that? I can't believe I'm blanking. Motor pool? There it is. <laughs> well, if they had you running 3M, I'm surprised they weren't, you know, giving you handies. I mean, that's that's such a nightmare program if they can get anyone to pick that up and run with it. Well, they figured out I knew what I was doing. So our, our chief, who he went on to be a chief, I should say. He was our first class at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, as soon as he realized I knew what I was doing with that, it was like, oh, boom. All right, we're going to offload a bunch of my shit under the, and I love him. And he knows what he did too. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No harm, no uh, foul. So. Exactly. So that was the whole thing. He would load people up and see what they could sink or swim with. And the problem was I always wound up swimming. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they just threw you more and more cinder blocks until, you know, you sank or your time was up. <laughs> when I got out, it was, uh, and I want to make sure I have time to tell this part of the story, but the, sure. the way that I got out was pretty great. Um, but uh, so anyway, I'm with maintenance and repair and they need people that are going to stay stateside to do uh, maintenance on the vehicles that we have in the motor pool. Mm-hmm. So uh, they obviously they're like, oh, well, Burke seems to know what he's doing. We're just going to leave him here. Yeah. Which seemed like a shitty thing because they were like, well, Burke, we're so sorry. You're not going to make all the overseas money, blah, blah. And I was like, are you telling me that I'm going to be here by myself with like eight other people? Yeah. Uh, and I can be done by one o'clock every day. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, Works great for me. Yeah. And my best friend at the time uh, in the unit, he was um, a gunner's mate. He had a, the office right next door to us. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like king shit around there. So yeah. he kind of called. So he formed the Jacksonville Surf Club, which was an, an official club within the unit. Awesome. And we would we would go surfing in the mornings instead of going to PT. I love it. So, so on the late days, we'd come in at 10 o'clock and leave at like three. Amazing. What yeah, because we would go surfing job. for the. Oh, it's the bet. We do dawn patrol every day. So now every now and then we would get nervous because we'd be uh, at a bar afterwards having like Bloody Marys or something. And then, uh, you know, (laughs) the duty phone would ring. We're like, oh, shit, they know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's always nice to have a drink with bated breath. 
Is anything going to happen? <laughs> yeah, you're sitting there like, how, how, how much, how many miles do I have to run to wear this off so it doesn't show up on a breathalyzer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, disperse. <laughs> <laughs> they can't breathalyze us all. That's <laughs> the truth. But that was um, that was a great time. So then all of a sudden, somebody got hurt overseas. Mm. And they were like, oh, Burke, you're going overseas. Um, you know, because I had all my paperwork and we were like I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they sent me overseas. And then um, it turned into a thing where uh, they said, you're going to go on to one of the 34-foot patrol boats. So the entire mission overseas was uh, to prevent the USS Cole from ever happening again. Right, right. So our mission with 34 foot, uh, 34 foot patrol boats there, got it, landed it, um, <laughs> was to provide armed security for ships coming in and out of Dubai. Oh, yeah. That's that's basically what I did, but in Bahrain. So that's it. Was fun. <laughs> so, uh, you know, about getting qualified as a crewman and stuff like that and all that oh, other yeah. jazz. Level two swim qual, M240. I mean, assuming mm-hmm. that you use crew serve weapons. So we did. We had, uh, I remember having to get qualified on the 50 and the 240. And then um, obviously all the other stuff we had to do too. Um, so I, I got like, I was an Eagle Scout, by the way. So when you hand me like a, uh, um, you know, a qual sheet or something like that. I always just treat it like, all right, this is a fucking merit badge. That's all I'm doing right now. It's good. That's how I smart. approached it. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. So I spent a couple of late nights working with the boatswain's mates uh, that we had on the beach detachment and I got qualified for everything. And uh, they were blown away. They, they the, the one guy, um, Yarborough, BM1 Yarborough, he's a great guy. Um, he hated everybody, but he liked me. <laughs> so... He even, this is, and again, his reputation was that he was a giant asshole, but um, sure. he actually, I think he wrote to people overseas and he goes, you're getting Burke. He's great. He's fantastic. He's a sponge. You're going to, you know, he's going to pick up whatever you need him to pick up. He's ready to go. He's, I, I trained him myself. He's good to go. Awesome. And then I, I get overseas and they're like, uh, oh, by the way, uh, you're actually doing land-based security. Uh, okay. If you <laughs> could see the frustration, <laughs> can you see the frustration on Andrea's face right now, listeners? Can you feel it? Uh, the old switcheroo. <laughs> so they put me on there, and they. Uh, meanwhile, I flew over on Delta Airlines. I didn't fly over on a military vessel because right. I was a replacement. So right, right, yeah. They're not making. I showed up. Yeah, no weapons, no uh, no body armor, no nothing. I showed up with my uniforms that I packed in my sea bag. Oh. And they're like, uh, oh, uh, what, are, uh, what are we going to do with you then? And I, I wound up having to wear my senior chief's uh, body armor. And then oh, they God. issued me weapons when I got overseas, obviously. Yeah. But I did land-based security for the whole time I was there. Oh, man. You know, it would be a little weird if you showed up with your own weapons. I think they might have questions, but. An issue or two? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the flight over, the flight over, I'll tell you what. You're, I know you're going to get this right away. Um, your listeners I think we'll eventually get it, especially when you react. But um, so I'm on a flight from, it was Georgia. Where did we land? It was, yeah, I think it was a direct flight from Georgia. Yeah, it was Atlanta airport. Mm -hmm. Straight flight over to uh, Dubai, right? We landed in um, uh, UAE. And uh, the guys that I was on, it it was, you know, three rows on the plane or whatever. Right. And it's me in the middle. Mm -hmm. And on either side of me are guys with uh, combat boots. Um, Carhartt pants. Yep. You already know where we're going. Black polos. Polo shirts. And then uh, green baseball caps with uh, Velcro on them. Of course. Yeah. And I'm sitting there talking to him. I was like, okay, you guys are Blackwater, aren't you? Yeah. 
No, we're Z Industries. We we changed the name. Yeah. We're just here to do. Uh, no, we're we're doing a logistics support. Um, that's all we're here for. That's of course. Yeah. Just. <laughs> the one guy started shooting this shit with me after he goes, "You you don't know how much money we make. You have no idea." Jeez. Uh. Yep. Yeah, you'd see a lot of those guys running around. You see them in the airport or whatever, and it's like. Some some dude making a shit ton of money off the military industrial complex. Bravo. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and me both know this. What uh, the frame of reference here too, but because he's a good friend of mine, and I love him to death, um, and he's a, an amazing comic. But sometimes I see Aaron Berg in a place, and the way he'll be dressed, I'm like, is Berg a contractor for the military? <laughs> See, yeah, it seems that way. Just yeah, just too too rednecky. To you know, it's almost overcom overcompensating, but yeah, he's always wearing a grunt style shirt or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's like uh, SEAL Team Five Foot Five or something. <laughs> it's about that, yeah, and that's trying to squeeze an inch in on us. <laughs> For the record, I adore Aaron Berg. Oh yeah, same same here. <laughs> yeah, guys, guys, hilarious. He's a worker. He's always always doing something. I uh, I should learn to copy that work ethic. Well, being willing, because in the comedy world, too, um, it's like there's so many of us that I don't, I'm not going to say we hide our service, but you don't want to. It's not like a thing you lead with. Yeah. Yeah. That makes you were sense. always cool that way because I would I remember finding out you served. You know what I mean? You not like you didn't lead with it. You're like, oh, by the way, Navy veteran. Yeah. Anyway, whenever yeah. you're done thanking me for my service, I'll tell you yeah. more. Yeah, that would be painfully annoying. And uh, I would only do that to people I don't like. So I do do it frequently, but I kind of, kind of pick my battles. Um, yeah. On my, on my DD214, um, you know, it describes what your job was. The first word in that block is infantry. I shit you not. No shit. Yeah. I don't know why it says that. Like it took, I didn't oh. even look at it the day I signed it. Yeah, whatever. And then uh, I had to get it for something. I was like, infantry. Is this is my... Yeah, it's my name on it. Like, Does whatever. the Navy have infantry? <laughs> I If they do, I don't recall completing any infantry training, but... Nice. Whatever. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, my, my weird one is this. My final DD-214 actually says uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. Interesting. And you never so, went to Afghanistan, so... Well, it was weird where we were was considered a combat zone in Dubai. We were operating in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, so... My oh, cousin yeah. Mike, that I joined with, uh, Michael Pelez, uh, real, you know, he, he since passed away, not from the military, but uh, oh, great, Sorry. great. Uh, he was a character, um, <laughs> yeah. but he he served uh, two combat tours with the Seabees uh, wow. in, in Afghanistan, and he actually, I think, he crashed an MRAP, and then he he got in a couple of like legit gunfights over there. Wow, and. I remember because he would only tell me these stories and he was like blackout drunk and he'd be like, you're the only one I can tell because you get it. And I was like, I don't think you understand. I don't actually get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have maybe that much more of a frame of reference than, you know, average Joe, but it ain't that much better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he really did um, a tremendous amount of service for our country as opposed to me that hung out in Dubai for a couple of months, you know, and I saw an indoor ski slope and where, uh, awesome. you know, <laughs> it was cool. I won't lie. It was cool. I, if there was an indoor ski resort in Bahrain, I would be broken homeless now. It's just like, 
I'm lucky. Every single day? Yeah, that's how you unwind after work? Absolutely. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I would have done the entire time. But uh, yeah, it's isn't it amazing what they can build in the middle of a desert with solid stacks of cash? It's just it's amazing. Uh, that's, uh, that's how you know we're overpaying for some stuff there. <laughs> Most certainly. We're still not allowed to. That That's the greatest part, too, is uh, I'm sure this is public knowledge. We're not allowed to have a permanent structure over there for the military. So everything we have is rented. Yeah, that sounds cheap. <laughs> yeah. and there's, uh, there's no um, there's no rent control, you know. Nope. No, I have a buddy not. down in uh, I have a buddy down in Memphis that uh, he cracks me up. Um, he used to live in Asbury Park when it was like still dangerous. Oh, and then yeah. it got too expensive in Asbury Park for him because, you know, gentrification and everything. And then he moved down to um, as uh, from Asbury to Memphis. Mm -hmm. And then he's telling me, he goes, yeah, dude, uh, rent is starting to go up around here. And then uh, a gangland shooting happened like two blocks from his house. Whoa. Yeah, that's Memphis's version of rent control. To yeah, keep things down. <laughs> exactly. Just pop a pop a few caps off. Just can practically hear the prices dropping. Let them know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Holy shit. It's, it's not a price drop. No, it's a body dropping, but, you know, close enough. Did you hear that Walmart commercial playing in the background? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, all right, you're Bahrain. You have to do landside security. You, you have my condolences. That's, you know, Harbor Patrol is where it's at because it's like you, you go out looking like hardcore, ready to do crazy shit, and then you sit underneath the shade of your gun and read a book or take a nap and bullshit with your cocks. It's amazing how boring that can get very quickly. Oh, I remember yeah. From being a guy that was working engineering spaces, you know, where you're just like chilling in a workshop or whatever to be like, all right, cool, I'm, I'm carrying a gun, I'm doing some stuff right now. And then you're just like, oh, wow, this is all right. I understand why oh, everybody yeah. has a, a laptop full of movies right now. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> insanely boring. I've never been so bored in my entire life as standing post. It's it's horrendous. Well, That's how they get you. At least, though, with being on a security boat, you're out far enough where it's not like anyone can really sneak up on you. Like, you'll kind of see them coming. You got time to clean up and look like you know what you're doing or, you know, someone will tip you off. Landside... You, you got to at least look like you're awake at all times or you're screwed. Yeah, they got you on that one. That was. A... Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of guys that got into trouble overseas with that one, too. Oh, uh, sure. Actually, my, my gimmick used to be um, if I knew the um, if I knew the chief pretty well that was coming around and checking people like because yeah. you would have it was so hot over there that you would have different watches in different areas. It'd be like, oh, you're going to be in a 50 cal tower. Um, yeah, you're going to be in blah, blah, blah over here. And then there was like, but they would rotate you where if you were going to be out exposed to the elements, if you will, mm -hmm. um, you yeah. would then get your next watch for four hours would be you sitting in like an air conditioned space, like checking IDs when people come in. Right. So my running move for the time frame was if I knew the chief that was coming around doing like check-ins on the, the different uh, posts and stuff like that, I would, uh, when I knew he was coming by, I would drop my pants. Um, <laughs> so I'd expose my ass and then um, I would drop down to the ground and it would look like somebody. <laughs> it looked like somebody just got done with me, if you will. <laughs> anyway, and it got to the point where like the first couple of times there was genuine panic when they walked in. And then finally it was like, like Bark, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, that's great. 
You know, you no, got to keep them on their toes. They they think they're keeping you on your toes, but it's the, it's the other way around if you know how to play your cards. And I, I found more often than not that they respected you for showcasing a little personality. Yeah. Um, or just being like, hey, listen, that this kid's, you know, that this isn't, they have to dumb everything down in the military, as I'm sure you're aware. Break it down Barney style. Yeah. <laughs> so when they, when they can see that, hey, we're kind of insulting this kid's intelligence, um, they, they get yeah. a little bit looser with you. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Cool. And uh, overall, how long were you in Dubai for? Uh, Dubai was what? I think four months in total. We were home for Thanksgiving. Oh, oh that's um, not bad. Yeah, we did Thanksgiving, and then uh, then I was home. That was the, the best part, though, was uh, <laughs> my command was clever. And yeah. again, this is like the only podcast I can say this stuff on. Um, so my command was very clever. We did a 96-hour um, Liberty Chit upon arrival nice. back in the United States, right? Awesome. Um, and then we wanted to go into a 96-hour one for Thanksgiving, which was the next weekend. So what we did was we had to do a muster we'd have one muster in between the two 96s to not have like an eight days off, you know, with pay kind of a thing right? without affecting anyone's leave. So uh, what wound up happening was uh, <laughs> you mustered by phone that day. Ah. So, yeah. I remember being down, I was down in Tampa and uh, I remember calling in to work from uh, Tampa to Jacksonville. Be like, Hey uh, guys, I'm here by the way, if you need me, they're like, Burke, are you actually here if we needed you? And I was like, no. I go, okay, it's okay. No, no problem. We'll talk to you then. See yeah. you see when you get back. So. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, it was a good time. Oh. That was, uh, yeah, I think it wound up being like uh, over, I think it was like five and a half, almost six years in total, but with that break in service too. So that was weird. Yeah. I can never, yeah. and if you go by my DD-214s, it's like uh, four years, I think. Okay. Okay. I have two separate ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Anything, anything more than ninety days, they'll they'll issue a new one. Well, and I still to this day have no idea how time and service accrues. I mean, I active duty. That's obvious. But like reserves, IRR, it starts to get real cloudy. Because I was I was active, but then I was IRR for almost three years. And <clears throat> I'd only been like a second class, like maybe nine months before I got out. I got off active duty. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So then, then I come back to the reserves and they're like, oh, you're taking the E6 exam. What? I never learned how to be an E5. I have no idea what's going on. Um, because somehow, some way, my IRR time counted as time and rate. It's like, I did nothing except drink heavily, get fat, and go to school. So. <laughs> well, that was, uh, since I was an Eagle Scout, um, upon arrival in boot camp, they, they consider that time and rate. So I actually was never an E1 or an E2. I started as an E3. Perfect. That's right. great. Which they pay you for, but they don't recognize the rank until then, but it counts as time and rank. So upon arrival at my first ship right out of A school, I was able to take the E4 exam and I killed it. Nice. It, you're, like, you're fresh out of school. So I remember putting on E4 right away and there was a couple of guys like, you know, oh, you didn't even really earn it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's sorry, guys. I didn't mean to be better than you. Yeah. I wasn't drunk. <laughs> yeah. Not my fault. Yeah. I, I had uh, more than 30 college credits or something. So, yeah, I had E3, even though I was a complete idiot and had no idea what was happening. So. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, basically a tincture of just being older. Like, you probably have gone to school for two semesters. So, you're ready to go. 
little life experience gets you far away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I was a Girl Scout. I I had my gold award, but I don't think that accounts for anything. Eagle Scout, you actually have to do some shit. I think gold, gold would have done the same thing for you, though. Well, I think I probably just submitted my college credits because it was easier to get my hands Yeah, on it wouldn't have done anything extra for you. It would have just done the same thing. Right, right. So My sister has her gold award, but she's a bad person. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh... So did she uh, farm out uh, her gold award work to like slave labor or her being a bad person is unrelated? No, uh, her gold, her project was actually to uh, reinstall apartheid in South Africa. It was very upsetting for all of us, (laughs) you know, no, nobody, nobody was happy. We're like, why are you doing this? You know, hilarious. We have a lot of explaining to do to our friends. You understand that now? She said, first step, re-imprison Mandela. I mean, that goes without saying. She had a vision, Andrea. (laughs) She had a vision. (laughs) How's that going for her? Uh, We're not sure. It's uh, uh, no longer incommunicado. Oh, damn it. No, she's a good person. She's actually great. I love her. Her and her her wife are great people. We actually, it's fun to... it's good to have people you like to bust chops with, but she would, if I said that to her, she'd be like throwing her arms up in the air right now. Like, are you serious? People yeah. are going to think I'm a racist now. <laughs> yeah. But if you own it and lead with, I'm a racist, whether it's true or not, they don't know what the hell to do. It's perfect. Well, the more ridiculous you, that that's why I always laugh at that stuff. The more ridiculous you are with it, the more people are like, okay, so they're, this isn't serious. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You but, gotta go with the absurd. If you slide a little thing in here every now and then, that's when you know the real racist. They're like, "Well, you know." <laughs> yeah, no, they they make it a little too obvious. Yeah, they uh, they you ever notice it never uh, never rains on a Jewish girl's wedding? That kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't know, probably because they're indoors. You know, what do you want to say, <laughs> Earl? Yeah. Um. All right. So, so you're out for for the second time. Um. You've got got some welding experience as a civilian is that the field that you go back into and and how did you get into comedy well uh i mean i was the funny guy wherever i went and then um but i I was so dumb because i was like i'm just gonna be like a funny like welder or i'll be a funny i'll be the funny guy on the ship right um and then uh i was gonna be a cop we thought for the longest time like i actually got hired preliminary hired by the nypd um but I was still overseas, so I couldn't class up. Right. So, right. Uh, and that was actually funny because the lady that I was working with on the phone over there, she was going through my paperwork and stuff. She was so rude to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I said, ma'am, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to class up on time. She goes, and why is that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, ma'am, I'm, I'm over in Dubai right now. I'm deployed with the military. And she goes, honey, you should have told me that. And all of a sudden she got so cool. She couldn't have been nicer. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I missed classing up with them. And then uh, Port Authority actually uh, preliminary hired me. I went through the background check for them and everything. And then uh, I remember, this is the dumbest thing ever, but I remember opening for Gilbert Gottfried that weekend for the first time. Whoa. Yeah, and I, I just, That's but I, I could say the most fucked up things I wanted to say on stage. And his crowd just ate everything up because, you know, his crowd was like, they they knew it was a no holds barred show. Yeah. And uh and then I sat there and was like, do I really want to check and be careful about everything I say now? Because it could affect a future arrest that I might have or something or, yeah. you know, uh, uh, 
decorum or uh, uh, whatever, a conduct, personal conduct thing. Yeah. And uh, I just couldn't do it. There's some comics that are really great. Like uh, Mark DeMeo is a great comic. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to do his 20 years in the NYPD and get out. Wow. Um, I don't think I have that. No. So, no, so I, I failed. <laughs> yeah. That's an enormous handicap for sure. Yeah. Totally. But uh, it was, um, I started doing stand up in Jacksonville. And then uh, the girl I was with at the time, she kind of realized she was like seeing it slowly. She goes, Oh, wow. He, he likes this more than he likes me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I, I get it. And I have no animosity or anything like that. But it was like, uh, you know, she could see the world. Whatever she had signed, <laughs> I will say this actually. She told me one time when I told her I wanted to be a comic, that how unattractive that was. Really? And I was, and I remember like pivoting because she was like, you know, it, it, she was a very pretty girl. So I was like, you'd say anything to save the conversation. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, I'll probably just go on up being like a cop or something. You know what I mean? Because stand up's like a pipe dream. Yeah. And then, and the problem was I was pretty good at stand up. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, ah. it sucks. That's how they trap you. Yeah. Well, yeah, some of them. <laughs> so, okay. So you're, you're in Jacksonville, you get started with stand up down there. And then, but I mean, you're back in Jersey now. So is this after you and, uh, and the lady split up and you came back North? Yeah, we split up. We had a whole house dispute that went on for a little while. Uh, cause I had bought the house with uh Dubai money that I had made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, me and her split, she, at first it was cool. And then it just got real ugly once, you know, I had left town. Cause then, then it was, you know, it got shitty, yeah. but, uh, for more on that, I think there's a whole, uh, I think I have a whole YouTube video about that story. But, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. And I, I would direct listeners to uh, your appearance on the Irish goodbye podcast. You gave me, there it is on there as well. Oh, good old Cannon and Feeney, man. Those yeah. are nice boys. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, you get that then. You know the whole story. Yes, yes. But uh, all right. So, you, but you come back up north, and, and of course, you've been doing comedy ever since. And then uh, you're telling me earlier about uh, the line of work that you're up to now, which does involve clearing lines of beer. Yeah, instead of uh, clearing shit out of uh, VCHT systems on board a ship, I now clean beer lines and bars uh, down the Jersey Shore. So. Beautiful. That's where I'll be in about 12 hours, Andrea. All right. That's, you know where you're going to be. Well, and, uh, you know, people say they want a job with travel. I mean, you have that. Maybe not what people would be envisioning, but, yeah. No, I dig it because it's, you're hanging out in bars all day. You know, usually most of the time people are pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, best crew I've had, most laid back boss I've ever had too. He's about as great as, so when I have like a weekend of the gigs or something coming up, he just kind of lets me fly. So oh, is it, uh, yeah, it's working for right now. So I'm going to take that as a win. Absolutely. Well, yeah, if you can, if you can pay the bills and it allows you that flexibility where, you know, you've got a boss who doesn't really give a shit what you say on stage. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. He even came to a show, him and his brother came to a show. That's how cool they are. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. You got to take those as wins when you can. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not going to find that in, in every job. I mean, so many places are so sanitized. It's, oh man, if they find out that I even have a Twitter account, I'm going to get fired, you know, or something like that. So. Well, my general rule of thumb for like blue collar manual labor jobs is I don't work anywhere that has an HR department. Mm. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) perfect. 
Well, yeah, because it, it's rough work, and it's um, I don't think HR is bad. I think if people have legit grievances, they need to have a system. Because, but the system gets abused all the time. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. but if there's no HR system, I'm like, oh, cool, you guys don't have an HR department. All right, so I I can moon some people every now and then when <laughs> I have to. Yeah, you're hopefully you're working with a, a small enough group. You know, there's some cohesion. Yeah, you can joke around like that. Whatever else, you know, <laughs> informal resolution system. I seem to remember that from my Navy time. So aha, uh-huh. that throwing out the old words. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, otherwise it's just you know documented grievances. It's it sounds. I think that is the lowest circle of hell. Is he's <laughs> got an HR department? So. Yeah, I'm the same way. If I can stay away from that, I've won. Well, I remember when I was working at the Home Depot. That was my first job after the military, but I was working at the Home Depot, and they, they just kept writing me up all the time for stuff that wasn't – and uh, I just remember telling them uh, – because I forget what – they kept – they promoted me twice, but they never replaced me. So I, I was now doing two pers- two rungs up the ladder's job Yeah. for bottom rung of the ladder wage with no one beneath me to help me get anything done. Uh, and I, at some point I was like, all right, well, now that, now, now that I know you guys are just out to get me. Uh, yeah. yeah. It seems that way. <laughs> I remember signing the paperwork and I was like, uh, I, I, I signed the second one. I was like, uh, and he goes, Oh, I just need you to sign here and here. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, don't worry. I'm, I'm good at these now. I, yeah. I'm, I've been doing them enough. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I, I hate doing these. I was like, Oh, you know what I mean? You could just like not do them. Such great stories. And I uh, really appreciate you sharing your experience. Do you have uh, anything to plug? Uh, certainly. Uh, number one, I want to plug my friend Andrea's podcast called uh, Decompression Chamber. <laughs> um, but if you guys want to check it out, uh, Escape from Jacksonville, the, my first full special, the uh, maybe my only full special. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's available for free over on YouTube right now. Um, it's been very well received so far. I worked that's 10 years worth of writing jokes. And that's all I got to show for it. So if anybody wants to, and if you say decompression chamber in the comments, I'll know that you came from Andrea's people. So I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great special. Uh, and I'll put the link uh, down in the video description on YouTube so people can just follow the link. Ah, uh, you're the shit. You know that. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for coming on. Great stories. And uh, have, uh, have a great rest of your week. Goddamn pleasure, lady. Good seeing you. All right. All right. Take care.